We are starting a new series today, guys. In a couple of weeks' time, three Sundays' time, it will be Easter. Yay! <laughs> Chocolates! <laughs> Amen. It will be Easter. And so uh, we'll be, between now and, and Easter, um, we're going to look at some events which happened in the life of Jesus as he made his way to Jerusalem, you know, so b- before he was crucified in Jerusalem. So this series is called Before the Cross because it's events which happened before he had to be crucified. It will run from today until Palm Sunday. And so even if you cannot follow, be here, present, follow us online. Join our online viewers and follow this series because during this next uh, today and next two Sundays, uh, we're going to learn some things from the life of Jesus, more about him, but also learn lessons which apply to us and to our lives as well. It will help us on our journey of faith. Now, talking about Palm Sunday, parents, parents, Palm Sunday, April the 10th, is when Kids Church opens, okay? So if you're a parent of primary school children, Palm Sunday, bring them along, and they're going to have their own Bible lesson exciting there with them. So that is Palm Sunday. Okay, this first message in Before the Cross is titled, Glory, Glory. It's an event that happened in the life of Jesus, a very strange event, which happened in the life of Jesus in the presence of three of his closest friends. He's like in a circle. And it set him on the path of Jerusalem. From this event onwards, he set his face towards Jerusalem. Now, before I tell you the event, imagine with me, just, just imagine with me a little bit that you live in the first century, okay? That's when Jesus lived. You live in the first century and you are hanging out with Jesus, okay? You're hanging out with Jesus. And, and, and Jesus is this, is this young preacher, this young Bible teacher who says some profound things from the Word of God. And, and as he preaches, he really ticks the older Bible teachers off. The guys from the temple, every time Jesus speaks, those guys get upset. And, and you kind of have fun because you're following Jesus and, and it's fun to watch Jesus upset those guys. And they're always trying to trick Jesus into saying something that will upset, that will be against God or against authorities. But Jesus never falls for the strap. And by the way, guys, children crying, it's part of family, amen? Church is what? Amen. And sometimes it's okay. Children grow up. That's what we tell parents. Don't worry. They grow up. Hallelujah. Anyway. <laughs> but imagine you're then with Jesus and, and you're hanging out and you're watching all this going on. And Jesus is doing some amazing things. He's healing people. And, and, and sometimes you're out in the bundus and he's preaching over there and it's getting late. So he just multiplies food and everybody gets to eat. It's real cool to hang out with Jesus. And then one day, One day he calls you and two other of his students. And he says, come with me, come to the mountain to pray. Now, if I say this in Pretoria, it's kind of weird. Although you've got lots of mountains in Pretoria, it's not a done thing. But back in the day, it was quite normal because Jesus often took time to go to the mountain to pray. He often would go there and spend hours praying the mountain. So as a follower of Jesus, you knew that's what he did sometimes. Sometimes, except now, he's invited you to come with him. And you feel so proud, you know, you're one of the inner circle, you and two more guys, you go into the mountain to pray, hallelujah. And so you go up the mountain, 
and eventually you come to a certain spot and Jesus moves a little bit further on and starts praying. You, you settle down, you maybe find a nice tree and you, you sit under the shadow of the tree, you make yourself comfortable and you quietly start praying. But now you're tired of all the climbing, all the mountain climbing made you a little bit tired. And, and the tranquility of the mountain, of the place, and suddenly you begin to slumber and you fall asleep. You sleep. Suddenly you wake up. Now, you went up the mountain in the evening, so by now it is night. And, and you wake up and you startle because it's supposed to be night. But there's light. There's a light shining around you. And, and you look around and you realize that the light is coming from Jesus. Jesus is glowing. There's light coming out of Jesus. And then you look again and you see he's not alone. There's two more people also glowing in the dark, okay, and lighting up the place. They're talking to Jesus. And maybe because of your Sunday school background, or maybe just intuition, or maybe divine revelation, when you look at these two guys, you know who they are. One is Moses, and the other is Elijah. Moses, the liberator, the guy that took them out of Egypt, the guy that gave them the law. The Jewish people gave them the law. And the other, Elijah, major prophet, until today, honored in the Jewish culture. Elijah, the big prophet. Moses, the lawgiver. And the other, are having a conversation. Suddenly, you're wide awake. You're wide awake. Man, I tell you, this is, this is amazing. Yeah. And what happens next? Now, when you hear a story like this, it sounds almost like some kind of movie from Marvel Comics or something like that. You know, people shining and so on. But it really happened. It happened in the life of Jesus, together with three of his closest followers, Peter, James, and John, the inner circle guys. Look at this. Luke 9, chapter, Luke chapter 9, verses 29 to 31. As he prayed... The appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening like radiating light. And behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory. That means they appeared like they are in heaven, full of glory, full of light. They appeared in glory and spoke of his decease or departure, which he, Jesus, was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Listen, Jesus was fully man and fully God. His divinity was covered by his humanity. But this day, as he prayed, his divinity began to break through his flesh. Matthew, talking about the same event, he says that his face shone like the sun. When you go out outside, take a look at the sun, if you can. His face was like that. The face of Jesus was shining like the sun. And his clothes became as white as the light. Mm. Now, perhaps having the added privilege, Jesus, having the added privilege of his friends Moses and Elijah there with him, for a moment gave Jesus the feeling that he was back home, back in heaven. And so he just joined the glory gathering and all this glory began to shine forth. They were having a conversation about his departure, which 
would include his death in Jerusalem. Some Bible scholars believe they also spoke about his resurrection and then his eventual ascension, his final departure from earth, which also took place around Jerusalem. Now, it is significant and important that they were having a conference about his death. They were speaking about his death. And why is that important? You see, they were talking about what would happen in Jerusalem. And you see, this assures you and I that what happened in Jerusalem wasn't just a plan of the Jewish religious leaders. It wasn't just a plan of Herod. It wasn't just Pilate. Jesus planned this. This was his plan. Although the high priests and the religious people did want to kill him and eventually killed him, it wasn't their plan. It was his plan. Why is that important? Because that means his death was not a defeat. It was a departure. It was something which he did in obedience to the will of the Father. His Father gave him work to do, work which affects all of us. And when all was done, Jesus would cry out with a loud voice, It is finished! And then he would willingly bow his head and die. Deliberately he would do that. We may read the account of the suffering of Jesus. You may watch a movie like, you know, the crucifixion or the passion of Jesus. And you go, come on, how can people do this? Somebody make it stop. But you know what? Nobody could have made it stop. Nobody could have made it stop. Even if they tried. Why? Because the Godhead, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in a conference before the foundation of the world, had already established that day. And therefore, nothing in heaven or on earth or under the earth could stop the events of that day. It was Father's will and the Son always did Father's will in order to bring salvation to humanity. And so, while this thing is happening between Jesus, Moses, and Elijah on the mountain, these three followers wake up and they see what is going then, what is going on. And then what happens next is actually a little amusing. Peter, you know, big mouth Peter, Peter speaks up. Luke chapter 9, verse 33. Then it happened, as they were parting from him, as, as Moses and Elijah were about to leave Jesus, that Peter said to Jesus, Master, wait, 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 Master, it is good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles, three tents. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And then the Bible says, not knowing what he said. Hmm. Peter did not know what he was saying. Listen, have you ever opened your mouth and with excitement you've said something and no sooner had you finished saying it when you realize you've put your foot in your mouth and you wish you could take the words back but it's too late? That's what happened over here. In fact, after Peter said this, no, there was no response. You, you read the Bible. Nobody said anything. The next verse just says that a cloud came upon them and that's it. 
And I can imagine, listen, imagine with me, okay? I can imagine Peter speaking up and saying this. And I can almost see my mind's eye. Moses and Elijah kind of looking at Peter, then looking at each other and kind of shaking their heads. What is this guy thinking? I mean, where did Moses and Elijah come from to visit Jesus? Where did they come from? They came from heaven, right? Glory, paradise, peace, joy, everything, all right? They came from there to visit with Jesus for a few moments. (laughs) And Peter wants to build a tent for them there, for them to stay there? (laughs) Come on. Peter, uh, Moses, and Elijah, they both had had good, long, profitable, useful lives on earth. Also, very troubled lives on earth. And now they were in glory. Why on earth would they want to come back and live in a tent on a mountain? Huh? When they are living in heaven in the presence of God. (laughs) And what about Jesus? How many times did Jesus speak to the disciples and say... And talk about his mission on earth. He had work to do. He couldn't park himself on a mountain on a tent now indefinitely. (laughs) Yep. Peter really did not know what he was talking about. And yet, don't we pull a Peter sometimes? Think carefully. Think carefully. Our lives consist of a combination of valley experiences and mountain experiences. Difficult, painful, hard experiences that we call valley experiences, where everything seems to go wrong. But then there are wonderful, happy, pleasant, exciting experiences, which we call mountaintop experiences, where everything just seems to go right. And listen, isn't it our desire when we are having a mountaintop experience, isn't our desire to just press the pause button and just remain there indifferently? Huh? This is so good. Let's stay here. This is so like a room. <laughs> Come on. When you're having a good moment, a streak of success, a wonderful holiday, everybody's healthy. When you're having a happy moment with family or friends, And you wish you did not have to go back to the grind, to the business as usual, back to school, back to work, back to the difficult client, back to the demanding supervisor. For a moment, Peter was surrounded by the heavenly realm. Although Moses and Elijah were talking to Jesus about his departure, the fact is there was a heavenly atmosphere over there. There was peace, love, joy, and this heavenly light. No wonder Peter wanted to press the pause button and just stay there. Hmm? But he didn't know what he was saying. You see, a person does not know what they say, what they are saying, when they talk of making tabernacles on earth of glorified saints in heaven. But then a cloud comes upon them. Let's read. Luke 9, 34 and 35. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them. And they were fearful as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out with a loud voice saying, this is my beloved son. Hear him. 
Matthew adds that it was a bright cloud. It was possibly the Shekinah glory of God, like that cloud that, that filled the temple, Solomon's temple when they opened it. There was a beautiful cloud, and, and nobody could stand up in that presence of the cloud. And this seems to be it, because from within the cloud comes the voice of God. God the Father speaks in the cloud, and the disciples could not stand either. All they hear is this, this is my beloved son, hear him. Peter wanted a tent for Moses and a tent for Elijah so they could hear them. He wanted to hear them a bit more. But God makes it clear that the law which was in force, remember Moses was the giver of the law. So Moses here represents the law. The law that was in force. And the prophecies and the prophets represented there by Elijah. The Jewish people until now had been looking to Moses, to the law, and to the prophets as they were looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. And what God is saying is, here is this, ah, no more Moses, no more Elijah, no more law, no more the prophets. This is him. From now on, you listen to him. Hey, glory. No man could now come to the Father but through Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And, and this voice also seems to refer to that prediction in Deuteronomy 18.15 when, when Moses says that the Lord shall raise up a prophet like unto me. Him you shall hear. And this is it happening right here. It's Jesus that God raised up. And to him we must hear. So God is saying, don't go anymore to the law, nor to the prophets. To look for the coming Messiah. He has come here and obey him and him only. Now this, this is the second time that the voice of God was heard in this manner. The first was at his baptism, remember? When the voice, the dove came down, the voice spoke. It's my beloved son. He's doing this to make known to the disciples that it was their duty to hear Christ rather than anyone else. And it comes to us today as well, that admonition. Listen to Christ, not to anyone else. Amen? Also, as a loving father, God also used these two occasions to affirm Jesus of his work on earth, to spur him on, to complete his task. Let's look at the last verse in this passage, Luke 9, 36. When the voice had ceased, Jesus was found alone. But they kept quiet and told no one in those days any of the things that they had seen. Well, suddenly, all is back to normal. Moses and Elijah are gone. The cloud is gone. The emotions are gone. Jesus looks normal again. Everyone is quiet. It all seems like a dream. And they come down the mountain. And, and this fact that they come down the mountain together, Jesus and the three of them, they come down the mountain together, should be a source of encouragement to us as believers. You see, there are many times when we sense a little bit of the glory of God. We may sense His presence, His anointing. We, we sometimes refer to them as, as mountaintop experiences. It may seem uh, happen in a moment when you are alone with God. It may happen in a service. It may happen during a time of praise and worship, during the message, during prayer. I don't know. Sometimes we have these moments <clears throat> and we feel like we're having a mountain experience with God. But then 
when the glory is gone, when that sense of his presence is gone, we have to go back to the drudgery of our everyday life. But here is the good news. Jesus is still with us. Just as he was with them when they came down the mountain. The mountaintop experience was gone, but Jesus was still with them as they came down to the valley. We sang it this morning. He's the God of the mountain and he's the God of the valley. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to remember that, people. The disciples told no one at that time what had happened. Later, after the resurrection, they would talk about it. Later, they would understand what really happened there. And both John and Peter, they make reference to this experience in their writings. When Jesus and the disciples came down from the mountain, they set out on the road to glory. What do I mean? After experiencing a moment of glory, Jesus now sets out for Jerusalem. Yes, much suffering awaits Jesus in Jerusalem. But at the end of all his suffering, what will there be? Eternal glory. The outcome will be glorious. That's why I say from here, they set out on a road to glory. There have been moments of joy and there having been moments of sadness, of gain, and of loss. You and I are in a road to glory as well because of what Jesus did. This is the road that you and I are in now. From the moment that you put your faith in Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you start walking, traveling on this road to glory. And like I said just now, in this road, in this life, we experience moments of joy and moments of sadness. Moments of gain and moments of loss. Moments of victories and moments of defeats. But keep this in mind. As a child of God, the circumstances of your life are not random or accidental. They are God-ordained and they are designed to transform you into His image. Keep your eyes on Him. You'll transform you from glory to glory, as Paul put it. The reality of it is that at the end of your road, your rightful place is with the saints, gathered before his throne, glorified, radiant like his likeness, to enjoy him and his glory forever and ever. In the following two weeks, We'll look at two more events that happened before the cross. As we close, remember these four lessons from today's passage. Number one, the Lord is with you. Amen? Number one, the Lord is with you. We all have both mountaintop experiences and valley experiences. They happen to all of us. But as followers of Christ, know that the Lord is with you, both on the mountain and in the valley. Sometimes in the valley, you may feel that you are alone. It doesn't seem that God is there. You pray and nothing seems to happen. But you are not alone. He is with you. Keep walking on the road of glory. Keep faithful to Him. Number two, pray daily. 
pray daily. Jesus went to the mountain to pray long before facing the cross. But us, so often, we, we turn to prayer as a last resort when we are in the thick of trouble. <laughs> Let us learn from today's passage to spend time with God before the storm so that he can guide us, warn us, prepare us like Jesus was being prepared for the storm that was facing him. Amen? Pray daily for wisdom and endurance and spiritual insight for whatever you may face, good or bad. A habitual prayer life will allow the Lord to speak to us and prepare us to face difficulties in our lives. Number three, you are on the road to glory. Don't forget that. Our life here on earth has meaning, has purpose, has direction. We are on the road to glory. I don't care how lousy your journey might be down here, how much you may have to suffer. You are on the road to glory. Don't lose sight of that. This is not the sum of your life. This is only the first part of your life. You are destined for eternity. You are on the road to glory. Know that as a believer, your life is in his hands. Don't let the good experiences or the bad experiences separate you from following him. Yes, and I mean good experiences and bad experiences. I've seen people become very successful and that success moves them away from Christ. I've seen people go through trouble and the trouble moves them away from Christ. Guys, let neither good nor bad separate you from Christ. Continue walking on the road to glory in Him and with Him your life is going somewhere. And number four, finally listen to Him. Listen to Him. There are so many voices in the world today. Even this morning as dear open, she mentioned there's so many things coming at us. So many voices in the world today. Listen to the one who gave His life so that you could have eternal life. That's the voice that matters. He's the one who cares about me. He gave his life for me. And his direction, his instructions, his word, his voice matters. Amen? He is the only one who can give you a glorious future. So let his word, the Bible, and his Holy Spirit instruct you and guide you daily. And guide you what? All the way to glory. The Lord is with you. Pray daily. You are on the road to glory. And listen to him. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Let's stand up and let's close in prayer. And next week we'll continue with another event in the life of Jesus before the cross as he made his way there. And as we close our eyes to pray now, just take a moment. Quick evaluation. When lost, have you remembered the fact that the Lord is with you? It's so easy for us to allow the troubles of life, the troubles in the nation, the troubles in the world, to overshadow our emotions, our feelings, and our thoughts. Become maybe fearful. Remember, the Lord is with you. Are you praying regularly? Prayer is not just when things happen. Sometimes we see, oh, there's a war in Ukraine. Oh, we have to pray. Oh, there's trouble in South Africa. Oh, we have to pray. No, 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 no. You should be praying all the time. Every single day. Praying for people. Praying for the nation. Praying for yourself. Praying for your family. Allowing God to speak to you, guide you. 
Please keep this in mind. You are on the road to glory. That is your destiny. And so, every single day, please listen to him. Not to social media, not to best friends. Whatever goes against the word of God, uh -uh, listen to him. Amen. And so, Father, we come before you this morning. Thank you for your word, calling us again. As we learn from your experiences, Lord Jesus, let it enlighten our lives and our journey of faith here on earth. Help us, Father, to put these things into practice, to be doers of the word and not hearers only. I thank you for blessing everyone, Lord God, here present, everyone watching online. May the love of God the Father, the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit remain with everyone, every family, every individual, as we continue this journey to glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy your week. And we'll see you next week in person or online for the second episode of this journey. God bless you. Amen.